Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Good morning from wherever you're watching from this morning, whether you're in Surrey or you're up country or you're around the world. Welcome in Canada right now. It is Mother's Day Sunday. And so if you're in a room with a mom right now, look over at her, clap for her, do something right now. I'll give you a moment. You done it? Okay, here we go. Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of our moms. And, and at Horizon, when we talk about moms, we're not just talking about those that are biological moms. We honor biological moms, but there are so many other people who are performing the function of a mother in the lives of somebody else. And so we want to honor you, foster moms and mentoring moms and, and auntie moms and, uh, just so, so many and, and uh, acknowledge the value that you are, the value that you bring and when we're going to talk today about what it means, uh, how we can honor our moms so, so well, because they're so important, right? Right. That's right. And so to our moms and mother figures. Now, Mother's Day can be incredibly celebratory if you have a great relationship with your mom or, or your mom's still alive or however it would be. But it can also be challenging for, uh, for others as well for a variety of reasons, which I'm going to talk about in a moment. And so it's important that we rejoice with those who rejoice. And we also have capacity to mourn with those who might be mourning today. It's not an either or. We are, we are, we can do do both. And we're, we're believing that God's going to help those of you that are mourning today. We're, we're going to also pray that God's going to celebrate those that are celebrating today and in all of it. And so I want to take a moment. I, I've been doing this little bit off the top that I'm going to do for probably almost 10 years. And I, I, I read it every Sunday or every Mother's Day because I think it's really important. So to those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those of you who lost your mothers, we grieve with you. To those of you who lost a child, maybe even an adult child, we mourn with you. To those of you who are in the trenches of little ones with spit up and stains and diapers, and we appreciate you. To those of you that have experienced loss through miscarriage, a failed adoption, or someone running away from you, we mourn with you. To those of you who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes and prods and tears and disappointment, forgive us when we say silly things, maybe even thinking we're helping, but not. We don't want to make it harder on you. To those of you that are anti-moms or foster moms or mentor moms or spiritual moms, we need you. To those of you that have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those of you who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children or with your mom, we sit with you. To those of you that have experienced pain or maybe even abuse at the hands of your mom, we acknowledge your experience and we mourn with you. To those of you who are right now going through driving tests and medical tests and the overall testing of motherhood, 
we are better for having you in our midst. To those that are having an emptier nest this year, we grieve and we rejoice with you. Maybe some of you are rejoicing more about that than others. To those of you that are pregnant with life, both new and, and also expected and some unexpected, we rejoice with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart. And for the mothers and the mother figures in our lives, in our church, wherever you're watching from, we honor you right now. And this pandemic, I've read study after study that is showing that moms have been hit among the hardest in the middle of it all. Because for a lot of reasons, but people are, home, are maybe schooling their kids at home while they're trying to work at home, while they're trying to do all the things that they've had to do already. Kids that are isolated, a little bit more irritable. Maybe mom and dad that are isolated, maybe a little bit more irritable. And it, it's, it's weighing heavy on moms in particular. Not only moms, but in particular. So as we empathize with the pain and the challenges around motherhood, we still have the capacity to celebrate motherhood and to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Because moms are unique creatures. They have the ability to, in one moment, inspire such love and in the next moment, cause you to fear for your life. Isn't it true? Celebrating that one person that none of us would be here without moms. And they may say many unique things, but there are some things that moms never say. And so we're going to watch a video about some things that moms never say. Here it is. so bored. I wish I had something to do. <sighs> Thanks for letting me sleep in, kids. If you make a mess in the kitchen, please let me know so I can clean it up. Raising kids is so easy. I just love driving around all day. Oh, I never have to repeat myself. They always listen so carefully. Oh, look. An empty box of cereal. Love it. Just wipe it on your sleeve. It's pretty cold, but you don't need a coat. Oh, you don't have to push in your chair. Don't make your bed, you're just gonna sleep in it again later. I think I'll skip the coffee today. You know, these throw pillows look way better on the floor. I'm really not that busy. Well, you haven't showered in three days, but I think you smell great. We do have food at home, but let's just go out to eat. Just brush your teeth whenever you feel like it. Here, take my phone charger and go put it in your room. Oh, just leave your dirty dishes on the counter. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's all pull out our phones. Youth sports are so cheap. Braces are so cheap. School fees are so cheap. Hey, can you come crawl in bed with me around 2 a.m.? Thanks. Okay, I just spent two hours making dinner, but if you don't like it, that's fine. Just let me know and I'll make you something else. Don't even bother looking for that. I'm sure it's lost and gone forever. Can somebody please throw something at my head? I mean, I can keep track of every single one of your things. I get a ton of sleep. I get a ton of gratitude from my children. I get a ton of unsolicited help with the housework. Oh, you don't have to hurry up. We're gonna be right on time. Can someone please throw something at the TV? Thanks for doing the laundry, everyone. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Can you use your outside voice? Ah! Fight, fight, fight! The floor of this vehicle is so clean that I can't believe it. Oh, good. Another trip to the grocery store today. Let's go. Does somebody want to come use the bathroom while I'm in here? 
Wow. To our moms, if you empathize with that, if you say, yeah, that's, that's stuff I never say, you can put your thumb up in the chat or a high five or something because I know I have never heard my wife, the mother of our children, say some of those things. I've heard her say some other things, but we won't get into that right now. So why do we mark this day at Horizon Church? Why do we? Well, first of all, it's because motherhood and, and being a mom is affirmed by God very, very clearly. It's interesting in the, in the same list that we would call the Ten Commandments, where it says, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt, uh, thou shalt keep this, thou shalt not covet that, all that. In that same list, it says, honor your father and your mother. Honor your mother. And also in Ephesians chapter 6 in the New Testament, there's also a list there where it says, honor your mother. And it's interesting that it's not just good for our mothers or because, it, uh, because they need to be affirmed, although they do. It's also this in Ephesians 6, it says, honor your mother so that it will go well with you on the earth and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. I kind of think of that sometimes in a humorous way, like I got to honor my mom so that I will live long. I'll just leave that. Some of you will figure that out. But honor is good for moms, but honor is also good for everyone else. Honor does something for us. It helps to humble us. It helps to rec- us to recognize that we're not here and we're not who we are because simply ourselves. So we honor moms this morning. And in fact, some of the imagery that God uses to represent himself or help us to understand him is around women and motherhood. Look at this in Isaiah 66, 13. As a mother comforts her child, so I, God, will comfort you. When God was trying to come up with a picture of his great love for us, the imagery, imagery that he used was that of a mother. And believe me, though, if you have ever gotten between a, a sweet mom and her children, you know that it's not all gentleness and sweetness. Another verse says this to help us understand how God is by through the imagery of a mother. In uh, Hosea 8 and 3, like a bear robbed of her cubs, I will attack them. Again, trying to help us to understand the great love that God has for us, but also his fierceness for us to protect us and to watch over us. And what does he come up with? The analogy that we could all understand a mom. So we honor you moms. We honor you mother figures. And we are going to look at one Old Testament mother from nearly 3,500 years ago. It was in the context of the second book of the Bible called Exodus. The the people of Israel, the people of God had been in captivity for around 400 years. They had, they had gone to Egypt and then uh, in good, in good times, but over time, they had become an enslaved people. And in the middle of it all, after 400 years, they were being pressed harder and harder. And the Pharaoh, or the king of Egypt at that time, began to get really nervous. And it says this in Exodus chapter 1. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites, the people of God, have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they'll become more numerous. And if war breaks out, they will join with our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. And so he begins to oppress them. And that gives us a good picture of what's happening in our society right now. When difficult things are happening, 
Because sometimes we think when the pressure's on, when the enemy comes against us, that when things are difficult, we might think we've failed or we've done something wrong. But oftentimes, when you're under pressure, whether you're a mom or not a mom, whether you're just watching today, when the enemy's pressure is on you, it's sometimes an indication that you're actually on the cusp of breaking through into something new. It's not always that something's bad. It's actually that you've got the attention of the enemy because he sees the growth that's been happening in your life and he wants to stop you before you step into all that God has for you. So there's that. So don't always take the indication of difficulty because that it's bad. Struggle often means you're making progress. So don't quit. That's for free on the outside. But opposition didn't seem to work for this king of Pharaoh. So he said, I'm going to raise the bar even more. And he determined and gave an order that all the male children being born should be killed. Terrible. But he seemed to have thought that his plan was foolproof that he could control the future by destroying the children. And it's how he works today. Warring against lives, warring against identity, warring against purpose, warring against hope. But he didn't count on something. There was a strength that was greater than his. There was an earthquake rumbling that he was unaware of. There was a storm that he had not anticipated. There was a fierceness that he was about to encounter, a resourcefulness that he would not be able to overcome. It wasn't fire from heaven. It wasn't an army from another country. It wasn't a slave uproaring. It wasn't uh, that this great war uh, army was coming against him. But what was it? In chapter two, it says this of Exodus. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. So the earthquake that he hadn't anticipated, the storm that, that he didn't know about, the fierceness that he was about to come against was simply a mom. A Bible-believing, God-believing mom. There are about 31,000 verses in the Bible. And this story of this mom is told in about 10 verses. And we find out her name in a couple, two other places in the Bible where we discover that her name is Jochebed. Not a common name today. If you want your child to experience some feedback on their names, you could name her Jochebed. For perhaps, I don't know. But we read about her in the Annal of Histories. And she has a little baby that's supposed to be killed. But she's a believing mom and she's not accepting that. First, she hides him. I love how it puts it. She saw he was a special baby and she kept him hidden for three months. Is there a mom out there that didn't think their baby was special? I don't think so. But we've all heard the face. We've also also heard they had a face only a mom could love. There's a reason for saying that. Now, most of the time, they're pretty good looking. But I know some of the guys out there might admit this, but where you've opened the blanket and you looked at a baby and you go, whoa, what? My goodness. Not all babies are pretty. I know yours are. But, you know, sometimes it's funny when you see the scripture say that, that she was, he was a special baby. And Today, the enemy still wants to destroy the special. And it gives us a clue of how God sees you. 
It gives us a clue how God sees you. He sees you as special. He sees you as full of potential. He sees you as full of purpose. And today, just as then, the enemy wants to destroy children. He does not necessarily have a literal physical army against them, but there is an enemy against our children. It could be the enemy of insignificance. It could be the enemy of purposelessness. It could be the enemy of control. It could be the enemy wanting to destroy identity. It could be the enemy wanting to destroy hope. It could be the enemy wanting to control their future and making children so, and destroying the, the reality and the love that, that God has for children so that he can grab a hold of their adult years and render them powerless and ineffective. So if he can get them when he's young, that's what he wants to do. But moms and mother figures, we need you. We need you to know that like Jochebed, your prayer is standing between the enemy and a child. That your comfort is standing between the enemy and a child. That your discipline is standing between the enemy and a child. And we need you. But who knows what she did to keep that baby quiet for three months. And so somehow she comes up with a plan to put him in a waterproof basket and place him in a river. I don't know, but it says she made this plan. But how many of you men know a mom that didn't have a plan? When you're going to the grocery store, she has a plan. When I go to the grocery store shopping, I am traveling here and there throughout the grocery store. My wife has a plan before we go in of what aisle we're going down and what speed we're going down that aisle. There's a plan. Nothing's going to take her by surprise. When the, when the women go out on an overnight trip, they have enough stuff for every eventuality. If there's a blizzard, she has mucklucks and a, and a parka in there, but she also probably has a bathing suit because she's got to be prepared. Somebody needs a bandage. You know, you go, you go uh, camping or something like that. Someone need, might need a bandage. And you think, ah, I don't know if we brought one. But then you look over at the mom and she'll be rooting around in her purse. She'll pull out a bandage. She'll pull out scissors, nail clippers, and the camp stove that dad forgot. She's prepared. And Jochebed was like that. She had a plan. But it wasn't a plan without a risk. It was a plan nonetheless. She wasn't giving up on her child easily. She wasn't giving up on the gift that God had given her easily. And put aside the child. I want to speak to somebody right now that God has given you a gift that you're giving up on too early. God's put something in your hand that you're giving up on too early. Some of you are in situations where you feel like, I don't know if whatever God put in my heart, I can walk into. Don't give up. Be like a Jochebed and say, I'm going to stare it in the face and say, I'm not quitting until God says quit. I'm not standing aside until God God says, stand aside. Whoever that's for, grab a hold of that this morning. And all of us, not just mom, we have faced times where we don't know what to do. And I'm sure there were times and nights where she tossed and turned and wondered what the future would hold, if it was going to work out. Times on her knees praying and, and wondering, would, would her son survive? I'm sure she cuddled him and looked him in the eyes and was like, oh my goodness, is it going to be Okay. She places him in a river spot there among the reeds so he wouldn't get washed down. And, and I, I, I imagine, we don't know clearly, but it seems like she put him near a place where she knew the princess, the daughter of the king who made the edict to kill her son, would be bathing. And there she put him. And a long story short, history records that Moses, who was pulled from the river by the princess, sent back 
to his mom for a short time to be nursed. And then when he was weaned, he was put under the protection of the princess and the court. And Moses, slated to be destroyed, was saved. Moses got up. The one who was slated to be destroyed became a deliverer. And in a moment, she didn't know what she was doing. She just knew that she needed to stand in and stand for her son in that moment because she was a believing mom. And moms and mother figures, the names may change. The circumstances may be different, but it's no different today. Instead of Jochebed, maybe there's a Rita, maybe there's an Amma, maybe there's a, a Raminder, maybe there's a Shanda. And maybe there's instead of a Moses, there's a John or a Ramon or a Handa. And 4,000 years later, as we honor Jochebed, we also honor our moms. We also honor our mother figures and say, you are often the one that's standing between the enemy and the destiny of a child. We need you. You might be the only thing. You might be the only one praying. You might be the only one standing. There are people that have made it because a mom was on her knees and saying, God, I need my son or a daughter to stand. They're good. They're, I don't know. They're in a crazy world of hurt right now. God, would you move? I, I know my grandmother prayed for me regularly. I know my mom still does. And I know that there's some of you that are standing and praying and wondering, is it worth it? You're not alone for like Jochebed. God is with you. He's with you. He's comforting you moms. He's empowering you moms. He's giving you strategies. He will give you peace in the storms of mothering. He'll give you grace for the battle. And Jochebed saw a baby, but God saw a deliverer. You don't know what's in your house right now. Who knows what's in your house? You don't know who you might be raising necessarily. You might be praying for a young adult right now that seems to be wandering, but God is called to be the next Christine Kane, the, the worldwide preacher right now who, who's just killing it on the, on the world stage and calling people back to Jesus. Or maybe there's a Martin Luther King Jr. that you're raising in your house that's going to stand for justice. Or maybe a William Wibbleforce who, who, 200 years ago in the Parliament of England stood up to ridicule and hatred and said, I don't think slavery is a thing we should be doing. Or maybe there's a mom like Susanna Wesley who would throw the, her apron over her head and cry out to God for her sons and they grew to be men of God who ushered in revival. Or maybe you're raising a son right now that will simply serve God love his family, go to work every day, provide for them, teach his children to love Jesus and do his part to make the world a better place. Or maybe you're raising a daughter who's gonna be somebody that loves on her family, raises her kids to love Jesus, models what it means to serve and raise a family well. Is it worth it? Who knows what's in your house? Shanda, if you want to make your way, we're going to pray for moms in a moment. Moms and mother figures, when you get up for the fourth or the fifth time and you're exhausted the next day, it's worth it because who knows who's in your house? 
And when you pray yourself and cry yourself to sleep, as you see the challenges of a son or a daughter who is facing a confusion in their identity or in, or is having troubles in their career or their marriages and on the rocks or they're struggling in their walk with God, it's worth it because who knows what God might be doing in their life. And when you don't know where your adult child is or you're estranged or you've lost them and your hope is gone and you wonder and you pray that that everything will come together, who knows what God might be doing through you. And when you go through the seemingly endless routine tasks without thanks of working outside the home along with your meals, along with the appointments, along with transporting kids to this activity or that sport, who knows who's in your house? And mothers and mother figures, whether you have biological children, whether you're mentoring children by loving and leading others, whether they're, you're doing it from afar, whether you're doing it in a room, whether you have adopted kids. I know people who are fostering kids. I know people who are uh, supporting kids globally around the world. We honor you moms. We honor you, you moms and mother figures. And we know that the future has potential and hope Because moms and mother figures of every description, everywhere, showing us the heart of God more clearly when they love so well, when they stand up in difficult situations and say, I'm not going to stand for this. I'm going to pray through this through. I'm going to love when I don't feel like it. I'm going to encourage when I don't have it myself. And we're going to pray for you, moms and mother figures, here in a moment. But for all of us in this season, to remind ourselves that we didn't get here by ourselves, that we need, we honor, and we celebrate our moms. We mourn with those who mourn and we rejoice with those who rejoice. Shanda, would you come and pray? If you're in the room with your mom this morning, can I encourage you just as a sign of blessing, if you can put your hand on them and just join me in praying for moms. Father God, I thank you so much for every woman in our Horizon family. Father, whatever stage of parenting or mentoring or mothering they are at, Father, I thank you that right now the strength of heaven comes. Lord, I pray that every woman in our, woman in our Horizon family will feel honored and loved and appreciated and encouraged this morning. Father God, we just invite you to come. We invite heaven to come and impact our moms this morning whether you are at the stages of in the midst of of young children, I thank the Lord that his strength is upon you in this moment, that his wisdom is upon you in this moment. Father, for every woman who's facing an empty nest, I pray that your encouragement would be upon them. And Lord, I just pray this morning as well that for every woman who is a part of our Horizon family, as long as you are drawing breath, the Lord has plans for you in this moment. So Father, I pray that for each one of us, you would open our eyes to see where we can invest, where we can invest in the next generation, where we can can love, where we can provide an example, where we can come alongside, whether we come alongside a young mom or whether we can volunteer our time, Lord, whatever you would have for us, that even today you would shift how we look at those around us, that you would help us to shift how we look at the community around us, Lord, that we would look for opportunities where we can be that mentor, where we can be that mom, where we can love on individuals that need to know what a godly mom is 
um, would look like. So Lord, we just thank you for our moms. I pray that they would feel so loved and appreciated today. Lord, whether they're on their own or they're surrounded by people, that they would feel the love of heaven shining upon them this morning in Jesus' name. And we're just going to close with a a video and then we'll go to the post show. God bless your moms. Thank you. We love you. Say that again. Happy Mother's Day. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.